Hey Junior Nation, now more than ever, exclusive, entertaining, and free content from the world of Dale Earnhardt Jr. is no further away than your fingertips. It's all thanks to Dale Jr.'s Dirty Mo' Radio presented by Exalta. All eight Dirty Mo' Radio podcasts are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and of course, DaleJr.com. So whether you're at home, at work, in the gym, on the run, or just hanging out, Dirty Mo' Radio gives Junior Nation its newest and most versatile way yet to plug directly into the world of Earnhardt anytime, anywhere. This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Hey, everybody, it's Junior. Monday after the Glen, pretty low-key week this week. Everybody, I'm sure, is excited about getting a break back into the summer here and getting a chance to spend some time with their families, and there won't be any racing this weekend on the cup side, but definitely got the Xfinity cars to tune into, and so we're excited about that, but... I went to um, the racetrack on Friday, and that was good. A lot of exposure there, which is good for me. Really drove my symptoms up. But uh, that's what my doctor wants me to do, is go into those kind of situations. And that's what we've been doing. There's no new, there's no really, uh, there's no real update on the, on the, on the process. Yeah, I watched both the races pretty much. Um, I missed a little bit here and there. And, um... Yeah, I don't know. That, that Xfinity uh, race was pretty good, I guess. Um, the Cup race was pretty good. I don't have a whole lot to to add to what I saw. Um, it looked like it was just real tough as far as the the combination of the tire and the surface looked really slick. Um, as you saw, the two and eighteen struggling on restarts uh, down into turn one. It just looked, you know, you could see everybody sort of real twitchy and, and having trouble getting going there, um, trying to understand the grip level. So that was, uh, that kind of fell into Denny's lap there, and he did a great job at the end to put together the laps he needed. Any little mistake uh, would have put the 78 car right there, and I know Truex was hungry for a win. He always is. And so that was, uh, it was tough to see. Jeff get into the trouble he had there early, but they did a great job of fixing his car and getting it to where he could compete. You know, the guys were ready and, and jumped right on it, but they're just having such rough luck. Uh, I know it's going to turn around for them. I'm excited uh, to see how things go in Bristol. There's some uh, interesting things about the particular about the particular weekend and the racetrack itself that I think fans are going to be excited about. And so that's really got me excited about tuning in and watching. I guess, uh, you know, lastly, we want to remember Brian Clausen and send our thoughts and prayers to his family and his friends. I think that everyone, you know, he was well known before this particular year. But in this last season, he was out there racing so often and winning so often, and you were hearing his name over and over, uh, how he was competing this year and trying to run the 200 races, and I think everyone was pulling for him, and he was accomplishing so much. I didn't know him very well, but I, you know, reading and understanding the reaction 
it seems like that he was very well liked, very well respected, a great, well-mannered, kind person. Um, those are the things that I appreciate the most. Obviously, I, I can certainly respect his talent and his ability, but it, it's even more impressive when someone can be so successful yet be humble and kind at the same time. Um, he will he'll be missed by all the motorsports community and all the fans, and it's just really sad when you when you have to wake up to that kind of news that this the sport and the his fans are you know have lost such a bright talent, so young uh, with so much uh, yet to experience and. So he will be missed. Hope you enjoy the download, and, and everyone have a good week. This is the Dale Jr. Download, presented by Spy. It's the craziest paint scheme yet. Get the all-new limited-edition Spy Wrangler Dega sunglasses online at spyoptic.com. With Mike Davis and with First Name Davis, I'm Taylor Zarzer. We'd like to uh, dedicate this program to the memory of Brian Clawson, tragically uh, passed away uh, due to a crash in a midget national race on Saturday night at the age of 27, and the entire motorsports world is mourning the loss of Brian Clawson, who clearly was um, admired, respected, and supported by many of the drivers and many of the people associated not only with NASCAR, Mike, but all of motorsports. Yeah, you know, I got text messages this morning as we're coming to work, and you, you hear the news that you just really hoped you wouldn't hear. Um, I haven't even seen the accident. I don't want to. I, I, I know it was probably horrific, and I just don't want to even watch it. I don't know a whole lot about Brian, but it's still – you don't have to know much about a person when they are, you know, killed in a, in a racing accident. You just feel it. You feel it in your gut. You hate it. And I, I don't – I just – my heart goes out to uh, his family. Um, just not a whole lot you can really say about that. I, I just It just stings so bad. I hate it. Yeah. It really does, and I know a lot of people are uh, mourning the loss of uh, of Brian, and and certainly we're thinking of his family and all those close to him at this very difficult time. Uh, the greatest thing about motorsports, specifically NASCAR, is how big of a family it is, and right. certainly we all want to lean on each other as this is uh, taking place. In a to a much smaller degree, I think we've all been trying to sh support Dale Earnhardt Jr. as he's gone through a difficult stretch in the last uh, few weeks. Mike, uh, you've been really, really close to him for a number of years, but specifically you've been close to him these uh, last few weeks. And I think all of us appreciated the perspective that he gave us on this podcast last week that he gives us every single week, but especially last week when he came in studio and sat down and, and visited with you and uh, I think the thing that we admire most about, at least that I do, is um, it's the same reason why he started, the, you and him started this podcast. It's that he wanted to give everyone as accurate of a perspective about his life and career as possible. And during a challenging time health-wise, he's doing that right now. And I think that's, there are a number of reasons why we all want him to return and do what he loves and live a healthy life, but I so appreciate how much he wants to give accurate information and give everyone as good a perspective as he possibly can. Well, you know, of all the stuff he said last week, I would say that the thing that struck me most was it's giving him peace of mind to be this transparent. 
And I even mentioned he's being way more transparent than we are even comfortable with. And I've got my reasons. A lot of people would sit there and say, why don't you quit holding him back? Listen, this this, this whole podcast, this whole Dirty Mo Radio exists to give him outlets when he so chooses. And he has chosen to use it as an outlet to, to inform us, but also that it gives him peace of mind. That's the number one reason. So it's doing him good as much as it's doing us good. Yeah. Dale Jr. is who he is, and the reason people like him and love him is because of how transparent he is. He is the most honest guy I know. I wish more people that were in a position of fame, um, that were athletes, that had the kind of um, that could make the kind of impact that he can, operated in a similar fashion. That people, you know, I once saw a baseball player say something that really bothered me during batting practice at a, at a game, Mike, this guy was busting the chops of a, and not in a malicious way, but just busting the chops during batting practice of a really good baseball player who's since retired. And this baseball player turned around and said, do I come to your office and give you a hard time while I'm trying to work? And I, I mean, I'll, I wanted to jump over the fence and just strangle the guy. You know what? The guy, whoever was giving him a hard time or just busting his chops, that's not his job. His job doesn't require fans to come into the stands and pay his salary. He has a different source of employment. And for and unfortunately, there are too many athletes out there that think, you know what, I don't need to be bothered by the fans. I don't have time for them. I'm working. I'm concentrating. Guess who pays your in salary, pal? Guess who's in who's responsible for the money you make dale jr gets that as much as anybody in a position of success and fame does and i i so respect and appreciate that you know what these people are literally and figuratively supporting me in return i want to give them as much information as i can yeah. from the horse's mouth and i i do i wish more people in all walks of life operated that you know, way but i so appreciate that davis First name Davis here said something after that interview. It was later in the day, and we were sort of kind of, once we got the podcast out, he said, you know, athletes just don't do that. Right. With, with, they uh, don't. You know, with, with PR people even. Like, they don't just do that. Am I wrong, Davis? You did say that, right? Yeah. I <laughs> okay, yeah, I was just making just, sure. I, just, I don't know. They don't do that. I've never seen an athlete do something. Well, most like people that do what the guy at batting practice did. That's what they do. Right. And, right. Um, so it's. It's very refreshing, and we're very proud to be associated with him. I know I am. So, um, coming up in just a second, I know you're going to talk to Jim Utter, Mike, but I'd I'd love to get your perspective on the press conference the other day, and and also what happened uh, late in the week. Because of course, last time many people listening right now heard from Dale Jr. At least before that press conference, it was on this very podcast, and Dale was talking about a big trip that he had to make. So, give us an update. Well, so the thing about Friday. It, it was decided earlier in the week, maybe even the week before, that it was probably time to appear to the media. Because up until that point, the, th the last three or four weeks, the only updates from Dell Jr. were on this podcast. And so, you know, it, it, it was time for him to appear to the media and be able to answer their questions. Now, I think that 
a lot of the questions had been answered up until that point. I mean, he was so thorough, as you were saying, and so detailed about what he was feeling. So they weren't able, they weren't, there was really nothing left unsaid, but it still gives them the courtesy of being able to talk and ask Dale Jr. questions. And we had not done that. And I worked very closely with Jesse Essex over at Hendrick Motorsports and saying, hey, you know, it feels right. It feel, this feels like it's time. Now, the other thing is, is that that was also part of the healing process. And Junior spoke to that on Friday. His doctor wants him to put himself in situations and environments that might trigger symptoms. And there is no better environment to really test that than at the racetrack. And we had not been back to the racetrack since, what was it, Kentucky? Is that is that is that right? Yeah, Kentucky was the last race. So this was also part of the rehab, to be honest with you. Let's go back to the track. Let's put yourself in a press conference setting. Let's get into the garage and let's see if you're dealing with some of these symptoms that you have been struggling with. He did experience symptoms, but he was able to manage them, and it was a, a lot of good insight and data for him and his doctor to discuss. And, you know, as they sit there and try to make progress and get him back to the track. And so it was a good day. In fact, I even joked to somebody, it was our best Watkins Glen trip <laughs> over the years, uh, even though we probably uh, could have, you know, had some good races there and we would have won it if Junior raced, as we all know, um, that mm. this was that year. Mm. But that that's going to be reserved for next year. And, um but it was a good trip. You know, the best part of it, Taylor, was the moment when he walked into the garage and his guys saw him. Uh, it, it was really special. It was a good moment. That right there made it all worthwhile, just seeing him and his team. They had seen each other up, uh, you know, over the past few weeks, but it was always at Hendrick Motorsports. At Sometimes yeah. just seeing him in that garage, it, I think it did a lot for everybody involved, the team guys especially. Well, I know that you want to get more perspective um, from the media and so we're going to bring in Jim Utter of motorsports.com here in just a second to get his perspective on um, the press conference on Friday and what's going on with uh, Dale Jr. and what races are like to cover without Dale Jr. Or watch. Yeah, we're going to get to that coming up in just a second. First, let me tell you, Nationwide is proud to sponsor the NASCAR Foundation's Betty Jane France Humanitarian Award given to one NASCAR fan who is making an impact in their community with children's charities. Visit NASCAR.com slash award to watch the stories of four amazing finalists and vote today and every day for your favorite. The winner will get $100,000 for their charity. Vote today at NASCAR.com slash award. Speed dial. All right. On the phone with us is Jim Utter from Motorsport.com, our pal, longtime reporter in NASCAR, and Utter... I wanted to get you on here because we go up to Watkins Glen on Friday. It was Dale Jr.'s first appearance at a racetrack since all this uh, concussion stuff went down. And I really just wanted to get your impressions on how the day went from the media's perspective. I mean, you were there. You asked him questions. You spoke with him afterwards. Just what was your impressions? You and I haven't talked about this. So I'm really just curious. What did you see? Well, I think um, it was good to see him in person. I'm sure that everybody felt that way, uh, whether it was a, a race fan watching on television or even uh, the members of his team or his fellow drivers. Uh, and for us, I mean, uh, we're accustomed to seeing him at the track every weekend, uh, you know, being NASCAR's most popular driver and, and generally very successful. He 
usually plays some sort of role in everything that takes place over the course of a, a weekend. And uh, I think it was good, you know, the it was good to hear him on the podcast the last several weeks kind of explaining what all was going on with him so people had a better idea. But it's always good to put, a, you know, a face with what you're hearing. And I just think it kind of reassured people that, you know, the same Dale Jr. that everybody knows is still there, um, but he has some issues that he's trying very hard to work through and doing a very good job. And personally, in the podcast uh, recently, you know, he had explained how uh, his doctors have been pushing him to kind of uh, put himself into these situations which might actually trigger his symptoms, you know, where, uh, where there's a lot going on or where he might feel a little uncomfortable or nervous or he talks about anxiety. And I kind of figured, um, and, you know, and I didn't know this ahead of time if, if this even played a role in it, but I kind of thought, well, there's no better way to test your limits on, on something like that than throwing yourself in front of the media uh, in, a, in a news conference that you know is going to be very well attended and take questions from people, some of which you know, some of which you don't, and have no idea what the questions are going to be. So if there was anything that was going to kind of test his limits, uh, I think uh, that would certainly um, be a very good test. And then spending much of the uh, day uh, out and about in the garage and so forth, um, it was just good to see him around, and, and I'm glad that, uh, I thought he's. I thought he's done a remarkable job sharing information uh, to everyone about what's been going on, and uh, that's what I said to him afterwards. I just thanked him for being very frank and forthcoming when he didn't really have to be. Um, and I think one of the things that he's done is show people that you know this whole idea of I think for too long in sports in general, oh guy, somebody got a concussion. Um, shake it off, they'll be back next week. If anything, Dale has kind of um, really brought to light that each one of these situations is different um, and they're very complex and they don't have easy fixes or simple solutions and we should all be a little bit more aware of that in the future, you know, as fans and as media people and, and you know, even as uh, perhaps as as his fellow drivers. You know, you said so, you said a lot of things interesting right there. But uh, one, you know, the media is a lot of things. I don't know if you've ever considered yourself since uh, symptom triggers. <laughs> you, now, you're, now you're officially a. Sy- I don't know. I think we've set off some symptoms, but they weren't concussion related. <laughs> Maybe it felt like concussions. I don't know. I mean, maybe, but of course, there have been plenty of situations where you, the media, have been uh, probably felt like you just got hit with a concussion dealing with some of these drivers, right? Well, well, I know we've uh, probably ticked some people off a time or two. No, I, I thought it was very well uh, well done on everybody's part. And to answer your question on you didn't know if it was part of the idea of going up there, it was. That was part of it. That was one of the reasons why. Dale going to the track was necessary to put him back in that environment to see if he felt a lot of the symptoms that he still feels. 
And so that was necessary. And, yeah, not only do you go to a press conference, but it's being carried live on NBC Sports Network, right? I mean, hey, Dale, this, just so you know, is going to be live TV. I mean, live TV is its own yeah, and set he of has, anxiety. I mean, you could probably assume what some of the questions were going to be, but, you know, from this group, you never know. You never know, for sure. There's always one that you'd never even see coming, no matter how how well you thought through it. Um, what were your expectations? Be honest. Everything you've heard on the podcast and everything that Dale has said, he's been very transparent. Did you have some sort of preconceived expectations on what he would probably look like or act like or do before he got in there? The only expe- – I assumed that he would look fairly like he's always looked because – I mean, we've seen some pictures, you know, he's tweeted some photos having lunch with Kelly and and, uh, and uh, his niece and stuff. So, I mean, you know, it was clear that, um, you know, he, he didn't look any different. Somebody joked with him when he first sat down and asked him where his glasses were. <laughs> right. Because, you know, in some of the pictures, uh, he's been wearing his glasses. Uh, but um, but I, the only thing I wondered was, since he had talked, so much about um, his balance issues and the gaze stabilization. Right. I wondered if we would notice that ourselves, like when he was coming into the room or when he was walking around or when he was making eye, con- on- eye contact with people. But to be honest, I really didn't notice anything right. uh, different. Uh, and, you know, uh, or, or when I spoke to him per- briefly personally after it was over, and in fact, so uh, I actually later that evening sent you a text message, and I was just curious to to find out if it if the day went as well as he hoped it would, and did what he hoped it would accomplish. And I traded a couple messages with him on on Twitter about it, uh, and I was glad to hear that it did. But it was uh, it was nothing that. You know, I didn't really, I didn't really have a lot of expectations, and, and I didn't come away with thinking that it was anything more or less, um, you know, going on than what I had already heard or thought. And and to, not to toot your own horn, really, but you guys have done a really great job with the podcast and and having him sit down and his willingness to sit down and explain everything that's been going on up till now. Well, that's been all Dale. I, I couldn't even begin to take credit for that. But that's been Dale and, and how much he's been willing to be transparent, which is something that, as you know, uh, in, in, as we go through this, I mean, transparency is something It can be scary. I mean, especially if you're us, uh, not, let alone Dale. Dale's just naturally transparent and honest. You know that to be true. I mean, oh yeah, he'll wear his emotions on his sleeve. That's when it can get a little uh, anxious for us. But this is how <laughs> he so chooses to do it. And, and so and he has that uh, platform to speak his mind it's interesting he he went out of his way to show appreciation and say the media was part of that group that he was glad to see at the track and i also found it very interesting when he was wrapping up his press conference and he got up there ended up being kind of like four five six uh media members that got out of their seat and came and just said nice things to him and i'm going to tell you something it meant the world to him it meant the world that People would get out of their seat and come and shake his hand and say, hey, it's good to see you back. And, um, you know, what is your thought on that? I mean, that you don't really see that a whole lot. No, uh, it was very it's very nice of him. But, you know, I just figure, you know, here's a guy, the most 
clearly the most popular driver in NASCAR, who any other time he comes every week virtually, uh, he goes to a racetrack, he's basically surrounded and consumed by commitments to, to sponsors, to, to charity, to media press conferences, to talking before qualifying and after qualifying and before the race and after the race, and a lot more if you win a poll, and even a lot more than that if you actually win the race. And you probably think that these guys get tired of all that. And I get tired of it sometimes from your own job as far as the monotony, you know. But when you step away and it's suddenly not there, and I'm not just talking for a couple days, but, you know, it's been weeks now since since Dale had been to the track. I can't imagine what it was what it's like. I mean, it's nice to have time away, but when that has become a part of your life for such a long period of time, and he's been in NASCAR racing in some fashion as long as I've been a reporter, so it's been a part of his life for the better part of 20 years, that routine. And when it's suddenly not there, I can, I can kind of imagine that it might feel a little kind of displacement, you know, like, what happened to everything? And um, and we and those of us who spend a lot of time covering every race or almost every race, uh, it's not like you become you know best buds with everybody you meet, but you certainly develop a relationship of working with them uh, over the course of many years and every. So you certainly don't want to see anything bad happen to them. And it was good, you know, it was just good to see him back because, in part, because you knew how much he wants to be back. And you could tell that through the way that he was discussing and answering the questions. And, uh, you know, it just, I think a lot of the media, uh, aside from always having a fairly good relationship with Dale, were genuinely, have been genuinely um, appreciative of how open he's been in, in the discussions of all this. Because, to be honest, if you look around at a lot of sports, you don't see that kind of information or willingness to talk openly about problems as serious uh, and dealing with issues like this. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I was almost going to ask you if you were surprised by the reaction everybody's had through this whole process, but uh, because I think we have been pleasantly surprised at how receptive people have been to one Dell Jr.'s feelings, even though they're not really visible. Um, I guess we almost expected that we'd have to go in and explain a lot more, uh, but I think people really have just generally said, no, we get it, and he needs to take as much time as possible. Is that is that your feeling as far as the reception? Yeah, of pretty that? much. And I also think that when, when the process started, we felt, as a media member, I think, and there were others, felt like we didn't know a whole lot, you know? Through the podcast and then talking to him in person, we learned that we probably knew not that much less than what Dale knew. That's right. You know what I mean? It's not a situation that has answers and quick fixes. Uh, one of the great things that, that you guys did that I thought was very helpful was when this first started, um, you know, we were basically told that Dale was sitting out because he was uh, experiencing concussion-like symptoms. Well, one of the questions myself and a lot of other people had was, I wonder, has someone actually told him, did he get a concussion? Or is this left over from concussions of the past? Right. You know, 
because it wasn't really answered. And then I think it was in your second podcast, I wasn't sure, where um, Dale actually answered that question. Where And I'm sure this took time where his doctors finally concluded that he did experience a concussion from the incident at Michigan. Right. But the reason why, and then we learned the reason why it was so difficult to nail that down is because his symptoms did not, were not apparent immediately after that incident. Right. So it was a difficult thing to, to nail down. And, and, and that, to me, shows how difficult this entire process is and, and how, um, you know, how much goes into it. It wasn't just like, you know, uh, Dale was in a wreck, he got a concussion. He felt fine afterwards. In fact, I believe he took his trip to Europe shortly after right. that wreck. So, I mean, clearly... Uh, was felt fine enough to do that. So um, I, I think we've all learned a lot during this experience, really. Hey, dude, well said. I couldn't add anything else to that. I mean, you're 100% right on everything. That's, that's exactly how this thing transpired. It was... He didn't know this was concussion. And when he, Even when he started feeling the symptoms. I mean, he went and got examined for everything but concussion. He even said, I thought right. I had Lyme disease. I'm like, how do you know what Lyme disease feels like, by the way? You know, so it's like, what, 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 all these <laughs> all these things that you know we just it was a process that took a couple weeks two three weeks to actually get down to wait a second this is probably uh we need to go look at the, go go visit the doctor up in pittsburgh and see uh you know let's get some scans let's get, see where we're at and so um that's interesting that you're you're spot on hey listen before we let you go i've got to ask you this we were driving to work this morning we are hit with the news about Brian Clawson, and I don't want to put you on the spot because obviously you're you're probably learning this as we all are. What is your takeaway? It feels just I don't know Brian Clawson. I, I, I honestly, I admit I can't even remember when he last competed in a NASCAR Xfinity Series race. It just it just takes the win right out of you when you know it feels like a, a loss of the family, even when you don't know them well. You knew them better than or you know them better than I do. Just what what is your impressions right now to hear this news on a Monday morning? Um, it's just it just it stinks. It just stinks. Well, yeah, it does, and it kind of had a kind of had a cloud over the end of the race weekend because anybody who saw the accident on the video knew it was a, a serious thing that happened on Saturday night. And this is very sad. I uh, I had met Brian when he was a development driver for Chip Ganassi. Um, he had worked with some of today's, uh, uh, you know, Brian Patty worked with him as a crew chief when he was over there, and so did uh, Todd Parrott. Um, and so he was known in NASCAR. Uh, he was known in IndyCar. He was known by a lot of the guys like Casey Kane and Kyle Larson and and uh, those guys who had raced sprints and midgets because that's what he also liked to do. He, he reminded me, in a way, of a very young, of a younger version of Tony Stewart. He had experienced all the success in all the different forms of motorsports, like like Tony Stewart had. But he had committed to being that kind of a versatile driver and, and had done just about everything. I actually saw an interesting stat this morning uh, from Dave First up in Indiana that Brian Kloss remains the only driver in history to lead, I think it was lead a lap or start in the Indianapolis 500 and compete in a sprint car race the very same day. Wow. Wow. That's I mean, that, interesting. That's just, 
that's crazy when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, I always, you know, I haven't seen him personally in a while, but um, uh, uh, I just remember uh, uh, that he was very, always the most polite, nicest guy to me, uh, was and very outgoing and just absolutely loved racing. And um, and that was clear. I mean, I think part of his deal this year was he was trying to run 200 different races and had already surpassed like 150 or something. Uh, but he's certainly a talented and well-liked person. And uh, I think all the um, accolades and expressions of sympathy and support you have seen today across the entire motorsports spectrum shows you what he meant to all the people that he had met during his career well said my man i i hear you on that and uh i appreciate you sharing those thoughts it's not something that you and i discussed beforehand and so i didn't want to put you on the spot but obviously we were all hit with this news this morning and it was something we had hoped we would not hear over the weekend when we learned of his crash i've not watched the video and i, I probably won't i don't want to see it but I, I, I know I, I just know how horrific it is. And, and to be honest with you, it, now I realize that, you know, this Watkins Glen weekend has just on by coincidence been a, a weekend when we've experienced this before with the, the Kevin Ward yeah, incident. We, we've had, yeah, we've had a lot of recent not very good Watkins Glen. Right. <laughs> right. So um, <laughs> I, and that's just a coincidence, obviously. But um uh, Utter, I really appreciate you. I hope you have safe travels back. I know you've been in your home state of New York, and so that probably uh, maybe you have a part of you that just wants to stay there. But you got to come back, my well, man. Well, I am going to. I am going to stay here for a few days, so okay. I, I'm going to take a little R and R. You can read Jim Utter stuff on Motorsport.com. He and Lee Spencer. I'm going to tell you something, Davis. He's they're the dynamic duo. You can't beat them. I mean, they're they're, they're all over it. And so I appreciate everything you do for the sport, Utter, and your coverage, and especially the way you've treated. Uh, your coverage of Dale Jr. through this concussion-like symptom stuff. And I, I, I just wanted to get your take, and I appreciate you being on the download. Thank you very much, and uh, tell Dale to look forward to seeing him again soon. This is Natalie Sather. Tune in to Motor Mouse every other Wednesday to listen to Katie Carson and I ask drivers off-the-wall questions with even better answers right here on Dirty Mo' Radio. So that's uh, Mike and Jim Utter breaking down the press conference, talking about what that was like, where Dale Jr. is at, and what races are like to cover without Dale Jr. participating. Mike, can you imagine watching Major League Baseball if the Chicago Cubs weren't allowed to play? Oh, that's a good analogy, to be honest with you. Or like, like if it was the replacement players. No, no, no. Just the Cubs have been eliminated, and they're not playing baseball anymore. Well, I'm sort of familiar yeah, I mean, with that type of scenario. Do. But, yeah, being yeah. eliminated. <laughs> I, guess, I guess to a degree you're right, because Jeff Gordon is racing for Dale Jr. So I, I guess that may be replacement players. But if the Chicago Cubs weren't participating, I don't That's, know that you'd be that interested in Major League Baseball. Fair? No, I, I don't even watch, like, if it's in the World Series or the playoffs. No, I don't really – I'm not yeah. glued to it. That's where I'm at. I might pay attention in spurts. That's where I'm at. Now, I will say as a diehard Boston Red Sox fan, there's been times in the last month where I wish the Red Sox weren't playing as bad as they've been. (laughs) But um, that's where I'm at right now in NASCAR. And, look, I have a whole lot of friends in NASCAR and a lot of great relationships that I've developed through the years. I'm really especially grateful to you and to Performance Racing Network and many people in the media that, that I've met. I'm especially excited because of my relationship with Performance Racing Network. 
that I'm going to get to call this Virginia Tech-Tennessee game at Bristol Motor Speedway. I, I cannot wait for that. So I, I want to make this really cl- clear and qualify my remarks by saying there are a lot of people I care about in the sport. Having said that, I don't have much interest in watching the races if Dale Earnhardt Jr. is not involved in them. A few years ago, I was trying to be as objective as I could at Texas Motor Speedway, and Dale Jr. ran into the grass in the first couple laps and was gone. Oops. And I thought, <laughs> well, well, this sucks, you know, because yeah. he was basically not in the race. And unfortunately for many listening right now, that's been the feeling for the last month. I, I don't really care who wins these races. I don't really care what happens in the races. Um, it's not that I wish any ill will to the sport. I want the sport to grow and to succeed. And I know years from now that we're going to have to get used to this. And all of us are going to have to find a new driver that becomes our Chicago Cubs or our Boston Red Sox. But it's really tough right now, man. It's really tough to watch this race, these races without him out there. Having said that, I don't want this man to come back unless he's absolutely ready. He has complete peace of mind. That I would never want him to get in the car as a fan of his, Mike, unless he was completely at peace of mind and completely healthy. But it does really stink not having him out there because I don't – I. I can't find – I mean, there's – and I know you're this way too. There's plenty of guys out on the track that I have a lot of respect for and think the world of and like their personality. Right. But I can't – they can't become my driver. Right. They can't replace Dale. Yeah. So it's it's a very awkward time. So if you're looking for a Watkins Glen breakdown, yeah. this is not the place for you. We tried. We, it's not that we didn't try, but you know what I've noticed? We're learning a lot about ourselves through this experience. I've learned that I can't be as interested in races that don't have Dell Jr. Now, this in, in let me let me clarify that. In races that's supposed to have Dell Jr. Yeah, like right. I can watch an Xfinity series race and go into it knowing that Dell Jr. is not entered in that race and I can be completely yeah, good wired in. But in races that we know Dell Jr. was supposed to be in, I am learning that myself I can't be as glued to it as i would and and it's it's sort of like to me it's like it's like going to a wedding of people that you know but you're not really friends with so like you're pulling for them you know you hope they have a good marriage but i don't really want to be here like this is sort of excruciating it's killing my entire day to watch this ceremony and i don't really have a connection with them does that make sense yes it's I, I, there's other places that I would rather be, or uh, or maybe it's a wedding of somebody that they were going to marry your buddy, but now they're marrying you know just a, a an acquaintance. Like that's not my pal. Oh boy. <laughs> that yeah. Not that I've oh, had that situation. Yeah, I'm just trying now, to be. Now right, we're really now right. we're really going down the. Inter- I oh, thought okay. we were doing well with the Cubs parallel, but that know, was a really good one. Go to all kinds of interesting weddings. I'm just saying, it's just like what does this feel like? I'm having to learn about myself, no, it's and it's just like, ugh, I want Jeff Gordon to do well. I do. Let me tell you something. What else has changed is my whole opinion of Jeff Gordon. Not that I didn't dislike him, or not that I disliked him, but no, 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 really. I'm telling you, I appreciate Jeff Gordon more for the past three weeks than I have his entire uh, well-successful career. He has achieved everything there is to achieve, and yet when I think of Jeff Gordon, it's this part that makes me really stand out, like this is a hell of a guy. But 
You looked at me like I was crazy at the beginning of the year when I kept telling you, man, I'll tell you what, this guy's awesome in the broadcast booth. It, you, no, I agree with you've that. You've always kind of had a, a – as a Dale Jr. fan and coworker, you've always kind of had a rivalry with Jeff No, Gordon. no, without a doubt. No, that's true, for sure. For sure. And I think that the Gordon people would say the same thing about Dale, sure, right? absolutely. I, I think it – I think they're having an awkward time dealing with the fact that he's in their car, even though it's cool to watch him race again. But anybody but the 88, that would be nice. Any car but the 88. And, and, and to your point about pulling for him, I am too. But not that I really wanted this to happen, but it, it we've, we said this a few weeks ago. It's kind of validating the qualifying issues and also some of the struggles, some of the challenges this team has been through the last few weeks because everybody was so hard on Dale Jr. for some of the challenges that they were having this year. Clearly, Jeff Gordon is experienced. A four-time champion, one of the greatest drivers in the history of the sport, is e- at least having as much trouble or as, as many challenges. Well, is that fair to say? It, yeah. I mean, I would be lying if I said I didn't think it, but the fact of the matter is, you know, if you go back to last week and some of the comments that Dale Jr. said, I thought one of the most compelling, if not the most compelling thing he said, had nothing to do with concussion update, but more to have to do with the Joe Gibbs racing dominance right now yes yeah that was very interesting now again oh i guess gibbs did win that race i was going to say gibbs didn't they win did. no they did actually of course they Denny did. hamlin i forgot he's a gibbs driver but anyways I, you know i thought that his comments on that i mean you talk about being candid go back and listen to what junior said about joe gibbs racing that was that was uh putting it all out there so yeah there's a lot of work to be done but yeah i don't know man i try i watch listen here's the other thing i'll say taylor that was an interesting race to watch. No, it was. As road it, courses it was. It was are. very compelling, yeah. Road courses are interesting, so I'm not saying it. And don't ever put me in – I'm not talking about you, Taylor. I'm talking about fans. Don't ever put me in that camp with you guys that say, it's boring. I will never say that. I, it annoys me when people sit there and label stuff boring. It's like, not the quality of the product. You don't have a rooting interest. Right. And that stinks. That's the that's what I'm saying. I don't yeah. have that rooting interest. I want Dale. I want Dale. I've tried. I've, yeah. You know, I, 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 yeah. It would be cool if Truex won. It would be cool. If, sure. There's drivers out there that it would be cool if they won. But it's not going to fill that void in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what you said. I like what you said about the Xfinity because you're, you're prepared for him not being in the race. Although my favorite Xfinity race of the year was in Richmond, just for whatever it's worth. But, sure. Uh, <laughs> but, no, you're prepared for that. And, and we've had – we were unprepared, certainly. And it still really stinks because – that's his team, that's his car, and you wish he was out there. But you want him to be completely healthy and have peace of mind before that day happens again. It's like watching a cover band. Uh, it's like watching a cover band yes. and not the real thing. There you go. It's that's like, much better than your marriage. Yeah, promo. it's not like it's, you, you want ACDC, but you got the cover band ADHD. <laughs> it's just singing ACDC songs. Davis, yeah. no? D- Davis is shaking his head. He's like, no, no. I'm it's still you. laughing at the wedding analogy. That was a hell of a hell of a <laughs> It was quite a reach. And by the way, if you have not been diagnosed with ADHD, Mike Davis, you need to go to the doctor immediately. <laughs> yeah, right. I think uh, you're seeing ADHD, theater right? time. Let's hear what uh, some of the guys had to say there. What do you have, Davis? That's probably just quit kissing that little bad Kyle Bush's ass and giving him championships. And start looking at what's going on with the cars and safety. Did he say Kyle Bush? But Kyle Bush didn't win. That Did was let's hear from Indy, but the oh, uh, oh well, they, the, no, that's good. That's the good. Kyle Bush hate is still strong. Hey, no, well, wait a second before you play the next one. Hey, you know one thing I did observe from yesterday, and that was Steve O'Donnell. Did you check his Twitter feed? Uh-uh. 
Steve O'Donnell, who, what is his official title of NASCAR? I mean, like, he's one of the higher-ups, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, the chief exactly. mark, is he the CMO or something? Rule, rule maker. Uh, yeah. So, he actually retweeted and, and responded to some of those, some of the tweets that were similar to that guy yeah. on, on Reaction <laughs> Theater. So, he's like, you know, why don't you just move the 34 off the track? And he's like, yeah, and oil down the whole, whole track. That's a great idea. And I'm yeah. like. Now, this is kind of cool. It's this good. is an official yeah. response from NASCAR. And then, and then somebody else was like, you know, if y'all would just quit cheating and letting those guys at Gibbs, uh, you know, and he's like, right, we asked the four cars to wreck themselves here in the last few laps just so we could rig this thing up. Gotcha. Yeah. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. I, th- I, like, I think Steve O'Donnell won that race yesterday, just on Twitter. Who's next? Well, good day for Jeff. I uh, would like to get a better finish, but. Uh, he finished up there, even uh, with damage to the car. Not too happy that Hamlin won. That's another Gibbs car to victory lane. But I'm sure it probably. Uh, I'm sure he did something during that bon- that burnout to keep it from uh, passing inspection tomorrow. But well, is what it is, and uh, hope Dale gets better. And can't wait to see him back in the 88. Dale, yeah. The, the hate for Joe Gibbs Racing is it's real. It's real. It's increasing by the day. Who's next? Hey, I'm a first-time caller, long-time listener and fan, um, but I'm also a physical therapist that specializes in dizziness and balance disorders. And uh, this week I had the opportunity to listen to the download and also saw the press conference today. And uh, I have a few observations. Um, the team of professionals at the Eye and Ear Institute at the University of Pittsburgh are one of the top top centers in the country. It's a small handful of clinics, and they're one of the best. So Dale Jr. is getting the best treatment available, um, absolutely. And I was so impressed with how Dale Jr. described his treatment because part of getting better is being able to understand what's going on because it helps the patients get some control over the symptoms. And he did such a great job in describing the physiology and the treatment rationale better than any patient I've had in in over 15 years of experience. And I think that speaks to him and his medical team. Uh, Third, um, also to describe the physiology and the treatment today in a press conference setting is very stressful and it's really symptom provoking. And for him to tolerate that and do a great job and to comment that he was gonna stay in the garage and see his guys is a great sign because that means he's getting better because he wouldn't have wouldn't have been able to tolerate that if he wasn't getting better and he wouldn't have said it and then lastly um i have to say his transparency about this is so helpful in raising awareness um of of these kinds of things there are lots of people out there that struggle with the same things he's struggling with and uh he described and articulated his situation from a patient perspective so well um that i will uh, probably suggest some of my patients listen to the download from this week. So just wanted to say thank you, Dale Jr. Hang in there. Fans keep supporting him. Um, let his brain get better and, and recover uh, even better than it was before. And uh, try to be patient. Dale, yeah. Dale, yeah. Dale. Yeah. Dale. Dale. Yeah. Wow, Great that's, call. That was that's, awesome. that's really reassuring. And Yeah. How about the part where t- the Dale Jr. download is advancing medicine and wellness? <laughs> that, that, uh, that's Dale Jr. by himself. Lord knows we're not doing any of that. But um, well, she's going to let him listen to the podcast, though. Yeah, no, and, and that's definitely something that Dale will hear, and I'm sure very much appreciate. Good stuff. Listen, one of the things she said I want to 
make sure I don't I, I want to reiterate this. She said so many positive, great things on that, and she's 100% right on everything. The small handful of clinics is the best description yet of where Dale's going because I've, I've had a hard time describing what this place is like. It is like this small town of just concussion experts, and so what happens is Dale Jr. goes. It's not seeing one doctor. He's seeing a team of people, and he has, like, multiple appointments back to back to back to back. And he doesn't have to leave the facility to go see all those different specialists. It's fascinating. That's great. And, and so she's right. It's a small handful of clinics that each have their special area that they can uh, really get into and help Dale. And it's, it's fabulous. So that was a really good call right there. Sure was. Tough to beat that one. Who's next? Hey, I just got this number in hopes of trying to let Dale Jr. know um, what it meant for me, who also suffers from concussion-like symptoms for a long time now, um, that somebody else feels and is experiencing the same thing I am and can describe it so much better. And trying to explain to other people, like you said, is impossible unless they were experiencing it too. And I haven't met anybody yet that could understand what I've been going through, except for what I heard Dale Jr. on the radio and talking about his symptoms. And I just want to say thank you, really. Thanks for sharing, and thanks for making me feel like I'm, I'm not normal, but I'm, I'm normal. Does that make sense? I don't know. Anyway, good luck to you, Dale Jr. Um, I really appreciate your, your openness and your candidness, and it just it helps a lot. Thanks. Man, back to back. That's powerful stuff. I'm I'm not used to having reaction theater be so reasonable and I awesome. Know. I, was, I, you uh, know, th- this is really good. And and by the way, just so let's clear things up. If you listen to this podcast, you're not normal. Okay, let's get that out of the way. But everything else about you, you are absolutely normal. And it's awesome that uh, that 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 you know you can find some similarities in what Dale's experiencing and yourself. And, and especially coming from the mouth of of yours who is far from normal, which is why we love you. ADHD, the cover band for ACDC. There now you go. we're about to go to the other end of the <laughs> Davis is giving us a heads up. All right, let's hear this. Ladies and gentlemen of Junior Nation, <laughs> Submarine Mike. Members of Junior Nation, in these trying times with enemy forces in our camp, a leader must step forward. I am that leader. I am president of Junior Nation. As president, I will make these two promises. I promise to build a wall around Joe Gibbs Racing Shop to stop their cars from getting to the track. And I will make Toyota pay for it. <laughs> It'll be used. <laughs> I will place a temporary ban on all former NFL coaches from coming to the track. <laughs> a great president needs an equally great vice president. I am looking to you, Junior Nation, to fill that position. I am looking for an original caller, not copying what I do, mm. to be my vice president. Datto is automatically disqualified since that uppity SOB couldn't get off Periscope long enough to take my phone call. Ooh. And Taylor, 
for always kissing Datto's ass. Oh, I do Together, love Datto. We will make Junior Nation great again. <laughs> I am Submarine Mike, <laughs> and I approve this message. Hashtag Taylor's Arzer sucks. Mike Davis rocks. Oh, Hashtag anyone but Datto. He just got my vote. Yeah, I'm on Datto's side. I'm sorry. I'm voting for Datto. He got my vote, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with Mike. Okay, you can be his running mate. I'm on. I mean, anybody that can get the crowd to silence that quick when they're <laughs> in this raucous cheer, yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> I just like how Dado sends out a tweet. Oh, man, I haven't done a Periscope today. Just give me five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he's got nothing to say or nothing, you know, uh, but he just hasn't done one, so he's got to do one. Uh, wow, I think did Mike just throw the gauntlet down to oh, Dado? I mean, yeah, like, he like I, is, is he there completely did? Is there a spirited battle going on between them that I didn't know about? The wow. Nation. Now listen, yeah. I can be we'll on board with I, this. We'll, I, this is good. I like we'll this. See if uh, Submarine Mike stays in the race. Wow, be, Dado's going to have to have a response for this, though. Yeah, yes, I'm not, he is. I'm not saying he has to do it on here, but I mean, there's definitely a periscope in his future that's going <laughs> to have to respond. We want a response from I Dado. I want to be part of that Periscope since I don't know how to do it myself. Be happy with the all-new Spy Dale Jr. paint scheme sunglasses. It's called the Livery Series. They're available in the popular Dirty Mode General, Dega, McCoy, and Admiral frames. The craziest paint scheme yet was recently released. Get the all-new limited edition Spy Wrangler Dega sunglasses online at spyoptic.com. And, again, that is spyoptic.com. Anything you'd like to say for White Flag this week, Mike Davis? I mean, a couple, I guess. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we got here. Let's th- All right, throw it. Let's throw it. White flag right there. White flag. Exalta is where it's at. Go to ExaltaRacing.com for all your news on the 88 team. You can also follow Exalta Racing on Twitter and Facebook. By the way, did you notice that even the black Bondo couldn't diminish the vibrancy of Jeff Gordon's Exalta paint scheme yesterday? Did you notice that, Davis? You know, he got in a wreck yeah, on lap four. Said, yeah. or he, he, you know, knocked uh, – yeah. Austin Dillon out of the way, so they had to bondo the entire front of that car, and it's yet you was still the most it, colorful yeah. car on the track, right? Um, so, anyways, yeah, Exalta, we really appreciate them for all they do uh, in making Dirty Mo Radio a, a possibility. So, uh, on Dell Junior slate, um, I don't know another week of healing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing. By the way, Taylor, I went to Dell's last week, and he had me try one of his therapy drills. Okay, let me tell you something, that ain't no joke those drills that what they got him doing it is very difficult very very difficult so i expect him to be able to i don't know unicycle to a victory by the time he comes back i mean he yeah. it's very difficult and tyler actually took the video i'll show that to you davis i'm and not it's, putting it's that quite on clear me. we don't need to put you in the car that's for sure no yeah. i'm gonna tell you something if it <laughs> It's a good thing they don't diagnose concussions based off the, uh, the the way you perform these drills because I would be the most concussed person in the room, I promise you. Um, let's see. What else is going on? I got a doctor's appointment tomorrow. Uh, cool. Good. Yeah. Thank goodness for that. I mean, wh- why? <laughs> is there anything particular you want them to examine? I'll just put it in the yes. notes. What? Yes. What? Your, your inability to know what you're going to say or do next. You just how crazy your mind works. That's what I want them to diagnose. Am I scatterbrained? Am I? Just, you are, and it's okay. a, one of the things that all of us love about you. You well, know, we do. It does. It makes you very creative. Well, okay, but so I do. I'd like to understand more <laughs> of how your mind works. You I think want we me? All would. Do you want me to donate my brain after I've died? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. God, there's no telling what cartoons will come out of that. You know, they're <laughs> like, okay, this is not. This is not normal. Uh, by the way, I don't look for I don't look forward to doctor's appointments right now because 
Like, I went to the dentist a few weeks ago, and all they want to talk about is Dale Jr. And that's all they want to talk about. It's like, I'm there to take care of me. I'm doing, like, I don't have to be at this doctor. I'm doing it to take care of me, and all you I'm want to talk about is somebody that. else. Yes. Let's talk I about me for just a second, you know. You know, and, and, but that's not what happens. They all care. That's the, the, the doctor's a Redskins fan. That's the other thing. God yeah. almighty. Got to talk about the Redskins with it. Oh, mm. uh, is there anything pertinent going on? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, there's a new Dell Jr. Foundation raffle. This one is Weekend with the 88s. It's a VIP experience that involves both Dell Jr. and Carolina Panthers tight end Greg Olson. The package includes, listen to this, okay, behind-the-scenes tour of Junior Motorsports, behind-the-scenes tour of Bank of America Stadium. That's where the Panthers play. NASCAR swag bag. Garage passes and tickets to the Charlotte Xfinity Series race. Meet and greets with both Greg Olson and Dale Jr. Carolina Panthers gear. Garage passes and tickets to the Charlotte Cup race. Two tickets to the Hall of Fame. VIP booth at Dale Jr.'s Whiskey River Restaurant and Bar. $100 Whiskey River gift card. Tickets to the Panthers Monday night game versus Tampa Bay. Right? Parking pass for that game. Pre-game sideline passes. Also, on top of all that, a double occupancy room at the Ritz Carlton for four nights. All of that is on the uh, is you can get with an eighteen dollar ninety eight cents raffle ticket. I mean, listen to that gift. I'm gonna repeat that part. That's pretty awesome. It's all in one weekend. That experience, eighteen dollars and eighty eight cent raffle ticket. You might as well just go for it, right? I mean, that's a lot. Go to weekendwiththe88s.com. That's where it's at. Weekendwiththe88s.com. Uh, the only NASCAR race this weekend is the Xfinity Series event at Mid-Ohio. That's on Saturday. Elliot Sadler, Justin Algar, and Kenny Habul will be driving for Junior Motorsports. Don't know the time of that race. Do you, Davis? I, it doesn't matter. Everybody's in different time zones. So let's just uh, just check your local listings. And that's the Mid-Ohio. It's another road course. So it's we'll see how they excuse. do. It's a great excuse when you don't yeah, know when you don't have, when you haven't prepared. Everybody's, everybody's in a different time zone. I love that. That's fantastic. Uh, the race this weekend starts at 3.48 Eastern time on August the 13th. So 3.48. Now, that's awkward. That's what time they drop the flag. I got gotcha. you. Okay, so 3.30 is probably what time the broadcast, or 3 o'clock maybe. Greg Olson's a very good dude, by the way. He Great is. Guy. He's a phenomenal guy. I've had a chance to meet him a couple times. So I sat at a table at the Dale Jr. Uh, Driven to Give event, and what a just a fantastic individual. His whole family is. Have you ever done radio shows with him? Because I have, and so has Davis. So I think take he loves. That. I think he has a man crush on Taylor. Does he? Maybe. So take that, man. All do the people that have man less? crushes on Taylor. I mean, can do you, you know, even list hey, them first all? First name. Do you know who knows less about the Carolina Panthers than anyone in the world? Who? Mike Davis. No, that's not true. Give me a qu- quiz. Me. Try me. I'll, I'll what about pass. A few years ago, when I, when Jordan Gross said, "Hey, can I have Mike Davis's phone number? I want to ask him some questions about podcasts." <laughs> and Mike Davis's response was, "Who's, Who's Jordan, Jordan Gross?" <laughs> <laughs> That's a fantastic backstory. Okay, so I didn't pass that exam. But give, give me that, <laughs> Davis. Try me. You are an encyclopedia on the Carolina Panthers. Give me one question that I should know. Um, Let me see if I know it. <laughs> Who's the Panthers starting running back? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He has on. no idea. No, no, well, no. Fairness, Jonathan Stewart. Oh, Jonathan Stewart. Well, in you fairness, that's pretty good. In fairness, if that's he wasn't simple. able to answer that, it's because Jay Stu is barely, rarely on the field. Yeah. Right. But um, it's like kind of a committee. Yeah. Jay Stu's a pretty good bowler, for whatever it's worth. Bowler? Oh, yeah. All right, good stuff this week on the Dale Jr. download. All pulling hard for Dale. And, um, man, it's really, really cool to just hear and – and um, receive all the support that he's getting right now. I know it means the world to him. Yep. 
Thanks to uh, Jim Utter. Thanks to First Name. Thanks to Mike. I'm Taylor for Dale Jr. You've been listening to the Dale Jr. Download presented by Spy. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. 